Good to have him. You knew him well as an assemblyman, now as a state senator, ready to do the job for the people of uh, his district. You know him as Dean Murray, and nice enough to give us a couple of minutes uh, on this uh, Monday morning. Senator Dean Murray, how are you, my friend? Hey, good morning, Jay, and a happy Monday morning to you. And a happy new year to you as well, absolutely. Uh, so much to get into. I guess most recently I, I saw a press of you and uh, your colleague, Anthony Palumbo, put out. Uh, listen, we had the same reaction here on the program regarding the Stony Brook professor, my goodness, on the incident in Medford a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a couple of officers were stabbed, one on a ventilator, thank goodness, leaving the hospital uh, on Friday. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, if anything is wrong with our society, uh, that uh, professor, Anna Hayward, certainly displayed that with her reaction and everything else. Um, completely startling as far as uh, what has been going on in our world over the last couple of years, you know? Yeah, no doubt, Jay. It was, uh, it was well, Stony Brook University has, officials have come out, actually, um, since we put out that press release and have acknowledged that it was uh, incendiary. Her statements were incendiary and inappropriate, and, and they're right on target because they absolutely were. To try to twist that around and try to blame the police officers and use words like murder and, and things like this, it was just completely out of line, completely ignorant, and completely inappropriate. No question. No question about it. We have invited her on this program. No uh, no real reply as of late. Uh, no surprise there. So uh, all in all, uh, we will... Uh, certainly see what's going on. Take me back to election night, even prior to that, uh, Dean Murray. Um, you were absolutely stellar as an assemblyman, hard worker, and everything else. Uh, give us a little bit of the uh, mindset entering uh, into a race, vying for a state senatorial post, and everything that occurred from November 8th on. Go ahead. Well, I'll tell you, Jay, it was um, it was an interesting election night, unlike any one we've had before, and that was because of the the uh, computer hack in um, in Suffolk County. It certainly did affect the results. Now, let's be clear, it did not affect the elections themselves. They were very done very well, but the results and reporting of the results were delayed, and so election night, we're all standing around, and I'm I'm hanging with my my friend and former chief of staff, Ed Flood who was running for the assembly in the 4th District, and we're waiting for the results and waiting, and they just weren't coming in. And we kept getting word that it was going to be delayed, delayed. Finally, we were up on stage with our chairman and our other uh, fellow colleagues who were running and other electeds, and just kind of explaining to the crowd that we may not get results, and all of a sudden the results started coming in. So it was, it was unlike a night that we've had in in the past. But it was uh, it was electric once things started coming in, and it was just filled with excitement and a, a very big night for uh, Republicans on Long Island. No question, no question about it. Thus, uh, you will uh, preside over the third senatorial. Now, you know, listen. The gubernatorial did not turn out what many uh, Republicans wanted as far as Lee Zeldin. Uh, lost by about 300,000 votes. Very noble effort uh, indeed. Uh, do you think, though, a message was sent as far as that whole thing was concerned? 
Well, Jay, to, to those with common sense, I would say, yes, that the message was sent that uh, New Yorkers were, were tired of the direction we were going and, and there needs to be changes, in particular with our criminal justice system and also in terms of the economy, in terms of taxes and fees and that nature. Um, New Yorkers were, were sending a clear message that they want and they need relief. Uh, they've been sending a message, Jay, actually prior to the election. They were sending the message for the last couple of years as New York has led the nation, and we did again this past year, in out-migration. People are, are making their voices heard by using their feet. They're moving. They're leaving Long Island. They're leaving New York um, in droves. So you would think that the message would have been sent. Unfortunately, from uh, for some of our colleagues on the, on the far left, um, that message did not get through. In fact, quite the opposite. They have, uh, we've heard repeatedly them saying that, hey, if things were that bad, if, if New Yorkers were that upset, we wouldn't still be in the majority. And yet, here we are. So basically, buckle up. There's more to come. So we are going to be uh, in for a fight this year. I can put, tell you that. Already later, Andrea Stewart Cousins, we've been very critical of her, mainly for not recognizing real moments in time, that of recidivism rates. We talk about the bail reform and all that stuff. Um, but uh, still in denial. Do you have a sense of that? Have you had a conversation with her yet? I know it's early on, uh, but, uh, you know, that poses a problem as far as the overall thinking here. Well, I'll tell you what, they're, they're mixed reactions. So as far as... Um the majority leader, she gave her speech on the opening day of session last week, and it was a very good speech. It was it was nice saying that, you know, she wanted to, to work together and, and all of us, you know, work as, as colleagues, and, and it sounded great, and we'll see. Uh, however, she did, you know, mention quite often um, how happy she was that they maintained a supermajority in the, in the Senate, um, and I think that was mentioned in response to the governor, who... Um, Pleasantly, um, some of her comments, actually, it sounds like the message did get across. Uh, it said she's made comments that she wants to focus on uh, repairing some of the problems and fixing some of the problems with criminal justice, uh, the criminal justice system and the, and the um, policies that have been passed over the last couple of years. So she's, she's showing, the governor is showing a willingness to work, but it uh, doesn't seem as though it's... Uh, it's the same in the Senate and the Assembly from their leadership. So, again, we'll have to wait and see. The governor's state of the state is uh, scheduled for tomorrow, so I'm very anxious to hear what she has to say. Murray with us, ladies and gentlemen, State Senator Dean Murray. Now, listen, the pay raises and everything else, I am all for everybody making a boatload of money here. And, of course, uh, within the state ledge, you know, you, the raise uh, in Plato, what is it, 142 k Thus surpassing what California is, thus being labeled the the highest paid in the United States. Uh, and, of course, a lot of questions as far as productivity and everything else. Was it earned? Uh, the governor kind of caved somewhat. You know, you think you'd want a few concessions here and there. Yeah, we'll, we'll look at the pay hike, but can we reexamine? You didn't get a lot of that. I think a lot of people disappointed in that, you know. Oh, listen, I was disappointed in that. I, I wasn't in office yet, so I didn't get a vote on that. Uh, but when you look back, Jay, you mentioned uh, before, I was, I'm a former state assemblyman. I was in as recently as 2018, and my salary then was 79.5. 
It's now 142. That's how, unfortunately, this one-party rule here in Albany has also handled our budget. Uh, because in, in when I was in office in 2018, the budget was somewhere in the area of, of maybe $145, $150 billion. It's now $220 billion. They've been spending like it's going out of control. So I think it was inappropriate, uh, to say the least, especially when during the entire second half of last year, Myself and, and all of my colleagues were calling on the governor, were calling on the leadership in Albany to bring them back to address things like bail reform and some of the criminal justice problems that were making New Yorkers unsafe. And they refused, would not call a special session. No way, we're not doing it. And then three days before Christmas, they call a special session to give themselves a pay raise. That was beyond inappropriate and very, very disappointing because they also didn't bother to address the criminal justice systems at the time. So, um, again, it, it sent another message, Jay, that unfortunately uh, that message didn't get through on Election Day. Uh, so it just showed that we're going to have to roll up our sleeves and keep pounding away to get these necessary changes to make New York safe. D. Murray with us for a couple of minutes, so ladies and gentlemen, here on a Monday morning. You know, you bring you you talk about uh, you know spending. We see it on the national front is out of control. Thus, the inflationary period we are in. Uh, state spending also has to be kind of reined in. It's it's backbreaking as far as the tax burden, the cost of living, insane, uh, really strangling the hardworking New York families. Uh, Senator, which, you know, like you mentioned, has pushed many of them to the breaking points, many forced to flee uh, for states farther south. But also, you know, I look at education as well, improving the quality of it in the schools. You know, we talked about it during the year, eliminating the CRT from every classroom, defending advanced academics, some of the woke efforts to abolish them, overhauling the state educational aid formula, lifting the cap of the charters, instituting tax credits for school choice. So much going on in the world of education here, but I would imagine that's a topic that'll be attacked by you and others as well. Well, you brought up a couple of good points there, Jay. And one one term that you used I thought was very, very important, and that is hardworking New Yorkers. When you're talking about taxes, some of the taxes that are being proposed and some of the fees that are being imposed right now are hitting the hardworking New Yorkers. Things like raising the tolls and the subway fares and, and the, and the uh, train prices and things like this. And that's being instituted, but, but yet they won't change policies that are costing so much money. There are so many inefficiencies right now that need to be addressed and need to be fixed. So much waste, fraud, and abuse in things like the MTA and things like the Medicaid system. All of these things need to be addressed, and yet their first uh, you know, the first thing they want to do is, well, let's just tax them more. Let's just impose more fees. And New Yorkers are at the breaking point. Um, again, they, I, I don't know how much of a clear message they can send than, than leaving the state and fleeing for other states. And that's what's happening. So things like the congestion pricing, or as we call it, the commuter tax, um, we need to stop things like this. We need to cut back on the fees and the taxes and give New Yorkers a break and a chance to succeed. As far as education, it doesn't always mean spending more money to make it better. As you said, there are a lot of issues that can be addressed, including 
putting a stronger focus on CTE programs, BOCES, career training, to give some of these kids that maybe aren't going on to uh, further education, to give them the training they need to come out of high school with a diploma, but also with training actual trades training and get them to work in some decent, good-paying jobs so that they can stay here. They can raise a family here and have a future here. So we definitely have our work cut out for, Jay, for us, Jay, but it doesn't mean imposing more taxes and fees. It doesn't mean more spending. It means getting more efficient and, and, and just doing a better job. I've said it way too, way too long. We have way too many school districts in this state. You know, they think about it. They all have their own, uh, what, superintendents, deputy superintendents, math, science, social studies, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, consolidation, I think, is key. That's how you're going to save. I said that for a long time, Dean. Well, consolidation, I agree with you in the fact that that is uh, one way that can save a lot of money. But remember this. The system that we have in place now when it comes to consolidating school districts is it goes to a referendum vote to the voters. And in the past, we've had recent attempts to consolidate school districts, and the voters have said no. So uh, it's it's one of those where it, it should go to the people, but a lot of times what happens is the people say, that's a great idea, but don't do it to my district. So it is a, a difficult uh, thing to accomplish. But you're right. That is one way to look at to uh, – to help save some money. Question. Um, uh, are we ever going to see a day, you know, we talk about uh, qualified immunity to protect police officers from the legal harassment just for doing their jobs. Uh, are we ever going to see anything of that nature uh, or maybe, you know, repealing the cashless bail law favoring, we know, criminals over law-abiding citizens and public safety? Are we ever going to have serious discussions as far as this is concerned under your tenure, you think? Well, a couple of things. First, I think, as you had mentioned before, I think Lee, Lee uh, Zeldin did send a message to the governor, and the governor has said that she wants to address the uh, cashless bail issue again. So that's a good sign, and hopefully we can have those discussions where, at the very least, uh, we return the discretion to the judges to make decisions on whether or not someone is a danger to society when setting bail and, and determining which crimes need bail set. So I do think there's a chance for some movement um, in terms of that. As far as qualified immunity, unfortunately, I've heard more rumors of of those on the far, far left, once again, trying to strip that away from police officers. Um, and, and that would just be, I got to tell you, Jay, that'd be the end of that job because I don't know who would want to take on the job as a police officer. It's difficult enough now, but to have every single call you go on uh, possibly be your last where you could be sued and lose your, your home and, and your job and your retirement and savings and everything... Uh, just for doing your job, that, that's just crazy. And we will do everything we can to fight against that. Uh, it's the word transparency. You know, I'd like to see a lot of people act upon that rather than just talk about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, by aggressively advancing inquiries as far as the previous, previous administration regarding the nursing home stuff, uh, release findings and everything else here. You know, we, we just get a sense that uh, this uh, this governor was either complicit or just out to lunch. I think New Yorkers deserve to know, um, apply as far as her awareness 
Uh, we talk about scandal after scandal in the state of New York. I would like to see a little bit more transparency. Involved. I think a lot of people would, too, Senator. Oh, I, I agree completely. And I, I'm like you. I'm very disappointed uh, that we have still not gotten to the bottom of the nursing home issue when it comes to uh, the former uh, Governor Cuomo and his handling of that that cost tens of thousands of senior citizens their lives. Um, I would like answers, and, and it's very frustrating that they're dragging their feet and not really uh, doing a good job in looking into that. So that is very frustrating, and, and I think it's, it's one of those where they, they, they think if they just ignore it, it'll go away, but we're going to continue to uh, sound the alarm and continue to push to get those answers because you're right. Uh, we, we deserve them. New Yorkers deserve, the family members deserve answers. So listen, a pleasure to have you, and hopefully we're going to have many a conversation uh, throughout 2023. Good luck, stay well, and we look forward to the next conversation. Hey, thank you so much, Jade. Have a great day, and God bless.